Welcome to the Small Business Big Life Podcast. My name is Derek Van Ness, and I'm the Lead Wealth Strategist and founder at Big Life Financial, where we use innovative tax and financial strategies to help business owners keep more of the money they make and be a whole lot smarter at growing it. We believe every person has something unique and valuable to bring to the world, but far too often money stops them from sharing those gifts. We're here to fix that problem by helping people get money out of the way so they can unleash their full potential on the world. Stick around to the end of the show, and I'll even reveal how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspirational podcasts on the planet. So let's get this thing started now. Well, welcome everybody to the Small Business Big Life Podcast. This is Derek Vanish, your host, back with another power-packed episode. And I'm excited for today because as I was talking with today's guest, Michelle Seiler Tucker, she was telling me how focused she is on creating value for you guys because she just wrote a 325-page book. And there's going to be a ton of nuggets that are going to be sprinkled in today as she shares a lot of the stuff that's in the book and, and just her journey along the way. So Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Derek, for having me. Yeah. I'm, pleasure I'm really- to be here. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like you guys have quite an operation going on. So I'm, I'm really excited to dig into that. But before we get started, for people who don't know who you are, can you tell us just a little about who you are as a human being, what you're up to in the world and what you guys do for your business? Sure. So I'm Michelle Salatucco. I'm a mergers and acquisitions master intermediary. And I've been in this industry for a little over 20 years I have personally sold over 500 companies. My firm has sold all, all included probably a little over a thousand companies over the last 20 years. We've done lots of evaluations as well. So we don't just sell businesses. We specialize in buying, selling, fixing, growing. I learned a long time ago that what Steve Forbes says is true. Eight out of 10 businesses don't sell. 80% of businesses on the market will never sell. And Steve Forbes actually endorsed my book, Exit Rich. So we really specialize in not just selling, but also buying businesses, flipping them. I partner with business owners, investing my capital, resources, expertise, in which to put them on a build-to-sell model. We also specialize in fixing and growing companies because most businesses are not sellable. Um, a lot of people want to know, how did I get into this industry? I've owned lots of many different businesses at any given time on anywhere from two to five businesses that I'm building to sell. And before this, I did franchise sales, franchise development, franchise consulting. And mm-hmm. then I decided to transition into mergers and acquisitions. So we sell businesses all over the United States. Uh, my sweet spot is businesses 10 million and up. Um, my firm does does smaller transactions as well. Very cool. And if if people don't get to the end of the episode, where can they find you online or how can they connect with you? Well, they need to get to the, epi- the end of the episode <laughs> or they're going to miss a lot of content. <laughs> but they can find me at SilerTucker.com, <coughs> SilerTucker.com. And then I can also buy my book at ExitRichBook.com. And at the end of the show, we'll tell you all the extra value that we're giving away to anyone who buys the book before the book launches in June. So you don't want to miss all this value. So stay tuned to the end of the show. I love the uh, the future pacing. Fantastic. <laughs> so, so let's get into it. So you've got the book, you've got a bunch of things, but I always like to start 
If you could only give one piece of content, only one piece of advice to people, if they never talk to you again or whatever, what would you say to a business owner to help them be more successful? I would tell them you must read Exit Rich. There you go. And it's not just because it's my book and I wrote it, but it's so much valuable content that every business owner should know. Well, and I'm excited about this because I work with a lot of business owners who are selling out. And listen, right now with COVID, a ton of people are exiting their businesses, right? Especially people who are in their 50s and they're like, you know, I'm okay. I don't need to deal with all this and all the fallout or shakeout that might happen over the next couple of years. Let's just be done with it and move on. I know there's an exodus happening right now for a lot of people. So tell me a little bit about this uh, because I work with a lot of firms. Their whole thing is helping these these businesses that normally wouldn't be sellable (coughs) to get to a point of being sellable. So in your mind, what makes a business sellable? What does that 20% have that the other 80% doesn't? Well, they have a lot of stuff. First of all, they thought about the sell. They've planned their exit Mm -hmm. because most business owners never really think about selling until a catastrophic event has occurred. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about the exodus and people exiting their business right now. And that might be true, but that doesn't mean they're maximizing value. It's not good to sell during a catastrophic event. It's not good to sell your business during a pandemic. It might be your only option, but it's not the best option. So the number one reason that businesses don't sell is because business owners never really think about selling their business and never find their exit strategy until an internal or external catastrophic event has occurred. Internal could be health issues, partner disputes, divorce, death. External is this pandemic or hurricanes or tornadoes or fires or the business is not doing well. Um, And that's usually the best time, worst time to sell your business because your business is typically turning downward. The best time to sell your business, remember, your business is your most valuable asset. It should be your nest egg. It should be your retirement fund. Mm-hmm. Best time to sell that nest egg is in your prime when the business is doing its best, right? Sure. Not mm-hmm. doing a catastrophic event. And there's so many other reasons that businesses don't sell, but, but that's one of the biggest reasons. So I work with all my clients on what I call the STGPS exit model. I'll take you through it really quickly because I think it's important okay. because no business owner does this. So <clears throat> we work with clients. You've heard of Stephen Covey, right? Start with the end in mind. Sure. So I really believe in that philosophy. And we work with our clients to plan their exit strategy from day one of buying or starting a business. When you want to drive somewhere, Derek, where are you based out of? Salt Lake City. Okay. So in Salt Lake City, when you want to drive somewhere, what do you do? You pull out your phone, you go to Google Maps, and what do you plug in? The address of where I want to go. Your destination. Yep. And if if you don't plug in your destination, where do you go? Wherever the wind takes me, I guess. Really nowhere. (laughs) Or in circles. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And that's what happens with business owners. They don't business owners don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. So business owners don't have a destination. So they're driving around in circles, they're driving up and down the financial hills to end up broke in many cases. So we always I always work with my business owners to tell, you know, get them to figure out, okay, what's your end game? What's your destination? What's your desired sales price? Pick a number. Mm-hmm. And everybody gets hung up on a number. Let's say you want to sell for $10 million. Great. Now we have a number, right? Mm-hmm. $10 million. Now what's the GPS need to know? How am I going to get there? Where are you starting? Okay. From, right? Your GPS yeah. always oh, yeah. needs to know your current address. It needs to know your current location. So it needs to know where you're starting from. And in other words, 
what is your current evaluation? What are you worth right now? And most business owners have never gotten a business evaluation on their business. I've just met with a business owner, been in business 50 years, never had his business evaluated. <clears throat> and in my opinion, that's financial suicide. We go to the doctor once a year to make sure our heart's still ticking and we're still kicking. We drive a car to the mechanic to make sure that we get an annual tune-up on our car. But our most valuable asset, our business, other than our body, <laughs> yeah. our business, we don't get an evaluation checkup. And there are events that increase valuations and there are events that decrease valuation. So it's imperative to know every single year what your business is worth. Most business owners are completely clueless about what their business is worth. So let's say you want to sell for 10 million and you're currently worth 2 million. Okay. The next thing you need to know in this equation is time frame. Let's say you want to do this in five years. Then the next thing you need to know is, and you can say seven years, 10 years, it doesn't matter. It's your plan. The next thing you need to know is who are your buyers going to be? Now, notice I said buyers, not buyer. Right. Because a lot of clients come to me and say, Michelle, I have the buyer. I just want you to represent me with this one buyer. And I'm like, no, <laughs> because in all likelihood, that one buyer is not going to close on the sale of your business. So we're going to put all those resources, energy into one buyer. We're putting all of our eggs in one buyer's basket. Plus, how can you ever maximize value if you can't create competition? Right. Yep. So there's five types of buyers. 90% of buyers are first-time buyers. They don't buy $10 million companies. Makes sense. Second type of buyer is turnaround specialist. They don't buy $10 million companies. They buy all these distressed assets that are out there right now because of this pandemic. <clears throat> and then you have PEGs, private equity groups. Private equity groups buy based on platform and add-on. They won't even consider a platform unless you have at least $3 million in EBITDA. EBITDA is earnings before taxes. Earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. And then you have strategists and competitors. Now, Derek, strategists and competitors pay the highest multiple because they're buying synergies. Right. Makes sense. They're paying for something that's going to catapult their business to the next level. The last type of buyer is a sophisticated entrepreneur. They are industry agnostic. They chase, they chase EBITDA. They chase cash flow. So all those five types of buyers for your $10 million company, probably three would be a fit. So then you have to reverse engineer your plan and say, okay, I want to sell my business for $10 million. Where does my gross revenues need to be? My COGS. Most right. importantly, where's the EBITDA have to be? And to sell for $10 million, you need to be between $1.5 to $2 million, depending upon your synergies. And then the next big question is, what are these buyers looking for? How do I build my business to suit or meet their specific criteria? What synergies are they willing to pay top dollar for? It's kind of like when somebody starts their business. They go into business and they say, okay, I'm going to sell this widget or I'm going to provide this service. Here's my ideal target market, right? Mm -hmm. This is my yep. ideal target market. This is what I'm going to build my company to go after this ideal target market. Same thing with building your business to sell. Totally makes sense. Yep. Yep. And then you got to build your business on what I call the ST6Ps. And this is the number one reason businesses are not sellable. The first is people. Most business owners have created a glorified job in which they go to work at every day, not a business that actually works for them. Yep. That's a strong distinction. 
Yes. And sometimes I offend people. I don't want to offend anybody, but if you're a dentist, like I just had a dentist come to me and they've been in business for 50 years, three dental hygienists. And I said, look, I can sell your business. We're not going to be able to maximize value because you have no other dentist, right? but you're going to have to stay for two to three years. And so we are a dental hygienist and um, the, the offer will be contingent upon you staying mm-hmm. at the purchase price. There will be clawbacks and everything else. And he says, Oh, I'm not staying, honey. Me and my three daughters are leaving. His three daughters are the dental hygienist. So, so said, he's selling equipment you, list, yeah. Right. When you leave, the patients leave. You have nothing to sell. So the number one reason that businesses are not sellable is because the business is a thousand percent dependent upon the owner. Yep. And so the, the number one P that we focus on in my book, Exit Rich, out of the six P's, the six cylinders, is people. Entrepreneurs have to focus on their strengths, hire their weaknesses. You need to make sure you have the right people in the right seats and ask the who question. Who opens the door? Who handles customer service, marketing, legal? Who handles manufacturing, quality control, transportation, environmental, et cetera? The clue, Derek, is you should never be next to the who because you're trying (laughs) to build a business that runs without you. And so you also want a layer of management. So that's the number one reason that businesses are not sellable. The 80% is because business owners have not built a business that a buyer actually wants to buy. Buyers don't buy jobs. They buy companies. Right. And you don't build a business. You build people and people build the business. I love that. I think it's, it's fantastic. I work with a lot of physicians, mm-hmm. doctors, dentists, these kind of people, and yeah, most of them don't get anywhere near what they could for their business because it is, we call it personality centric, right? It's it's built around them. It's not a system. It's not a cash flow machine. It is, like you said, a bunch of people supporting them and doing the work. So I get that 100%. So let's say I'm one of those people, right? I've got a business, it's profitable, but the truth is it's centered around me. What are the questions I should be asking or what? how should I think about making this transition? Because for most people, this is going to be a big change, letting go of control, you know, switching their operations and what they do with the business. What would you say to someone who's in that boat, but wants to sell sometime in the next five to 10 years? Well, you can never grow without letting go of control. So entrepreneurs need to get over it. (laughs) (laughs) But you will never grow without letting go of control. So you have to figure out again, do you want to sell? What do you, what do you want to sell for? Go back to the GPS exit model. And if you're a physician and you're the only physician, then you're going to have to do one or two things. You're going to have to get other physicians in there, associates in there, mm-hmm. or you're going to have to be willing to stay on for two to three years. Sure. So you can get those people in there. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you want to do... you. I mean, ideally, you want to hire those physicians before you plan your exit strategy. I mean, you plan your exit strategy, but before you actually exit, before you actually put your business on the market, you want to get those doctors in there. 100%. 100%. So, yep. so you mentioned that it's not good to sell during a catastrophic event. Um, nope. And obviously, for a lot of people, at least mentally, when they're in their prime, they aren't winding it down yet. So, So how does somebody reconcile okay, I can sell in my prime, maybe when I'm in my fifties, not in my sixties, when I've kind of slowed down, 
How, how do you help people think about or, or work on that? I'm not talking about when the individual is in their prime or the entrepreneur is in its prime. Okay. I'm talking about when the business is in its prime. So, so how do you know that? Because I think most people think the business is going to do better every year. Obviously, that's not true, but like ask people and they're like, oh yeah, next year will be better. Next year will be better. They always think that. Well, that's unrealistic. And um, they're not looking at their business <laughs> realistically. I'll just give you a little bit of history here. Sure. So when I wrote my very first book in 2013, because I, I want to answer this question, but I want to answer it by giving you a little bit of history. When I wrote my very first book in 2013 called Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth, I did the research and learned that 95% of all startups would fail. We know that. You know that. Mm-hmm. That's common knowledge. But here's what you don't know, and here's what everybody doesn't know. When I wrote Exit Rich in 2019 and 2020, I did the exact same research and learned that the business landscape has flip-flopped. Hmm. Now it's only 30% of startups will go out of business. Only 30%. Hmm. Between those one to five years. However, out of 27.6 million companies, those who have been in business for 10 years or longer, 70% of those companies will go out of business. Seven zero. Now, think about the media. You can't even turn on the TV, read a paper, read the Wall Street Journal without finding another business public business is going out of business. Mm-hmm. Toys R Us in business 75 years goes out of business. Kmart, Steinmark, Pier 1, Disney Store is, is going out of business. Godiva closed down 1,500 locations. GNC is closing down 900 locations. But the media doesn't talk about the private businesses. They only talk about the public companies. Hmm. They don't talk about the private businesses on every street corner, in every town, in every state across the great nation. These business owners are exiting poor. They're selling for pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. They're closing their business. They're following bankruptcy. And in many cases, when you follow bank, when you file bankruptcy, you're not just losing your business assets, you're losing your personal assets too. Yep. Because many business owners pierce the corporate veil because they commingle assets. Yep. Right? See it all the time. Yeah. So with that being said, this is why you got to sell in your prime. In 27, 2015, 2016, Toys R Us. So businesses have a cycle. It's called the life cycle, just like humans have a cycle. You know, we're born, we're in an incubator. Business ideas are born, they're in an incubator. Mm-hmm. We come out of the incubator, we're babies. What do we need? 24 hour supervision and a lot of money. What do businesses need when they come out of the incubator? 24-hour supervision and a lot of money. money. Then they go to toddler. What does toddler need? Still 24-hour supervision, a lot of money, right? And then we get into teenage years. Teenage years, they still need a lot of money, maybe not 24-hour supervision. And then they go to young adult and then prime adult, okay? In prime adult, Toys R Us in 2015 was worth $11 billion. Jeez. $11 $11 billion. A year later, in 2016, they filed bankruptcy. 2017, they closed down all of their locations worldwide. Two years later, after being in their prime, what goes up must come down. You're either growing or dying. Not everything lasts forever. The number one reason that 70% of these businesses are going out of business is because of failure to aim. Aim is AIM, always innovate and market. 
business owners stop innovating. They stop marketing. Toys R Us did nothing new in 70 years. Blockbuster saw um, Netflix. They saw the writing on the wall. They had the opportunity to buy Netflix and they sat back and did nothing. Okay. Mm -hmm. So business owners got us either continue to innovate and market so you can stay relevant in the mind of the consumers or sell when you're in your prime. Gotcha. Okay. Toys R Us should have sold in 2015. (laughs) So so let me ask you this, Michelle, would would there have been a way for Toys R Us to know we're in our prime or how, how are they to know that, you know, next year, the next five years aren't going to be our best. I think Toys R Us never changed anything. Right. Mm -hmm. So they knew they were worth $11 billion, but whoever's at the top, the CEO, the, you know, whoever's at the top had to keep an eye on a pulse to know what's going on in the world. What's going on in the world. Whoever makes it easiest for the consumer to purchase products and services is a company that's winning. Right. Right. Amazon is winning because you can practically buy anything and have it delivered to yourself in two days. Why, who wants to go to a big toy store where nobody who works there actually knows anything about toys, <laughs> fight the crowd and try to find something to buy when you can just go online and read about it Yep. and have it delivered in two days, free shipping. And if you don't like it, you can return it. So the problem with Toys R Us they never innovated. They never changed anything in 75 years. Do they know they were in their prime? They should have known they were in their prime. And they should have also known that they were about to, to fail dramatically because there were other retail businesses going out of business. Right. So they should have seen the writing on the wall. So but a lot of times business owners don't pay attention to the signs. They don't they- see what's right in front of them. Well, and I saw this with the mortgage meltdown in 2008. You might even see it. But if this is your business, you don't want to believe it. And so you kind of live in denial until you can't. Well, Toys R Us, you know, wasn't a solar entrepreneur, right? They had a lot of people at the sure, top. Sure, sure. So a lot of a lot of a lot of heads should have spun because they had a lot of people making decisions. But for the private companies, you know, this is why you always want to align yourself with a mentor. This is why you always want to keep and looking at the trends. You want to look around and see what's happening around you, right? Mm-hmm. The problem with, with a lot of business owners is they become complacent and they want to keep doing things the way they've always done them. Right, sure. And they don't want to innovate. And that's the issue. You're either growing or dying. There's no in-between. Yeah. So uh, tell me real quick, what are some of the signs? You mentioned like that you're kind of in your prime where it might be time to start looking at an exit. Obviously, like you said, well, with similar- your business, I mean, like we got a company right now that's trending up. You can kind of see when you're in your prime, when you're trending up every year, mm-hmm. we got a company that we're selling between 60 to 70 million that did, you know, 20 million and then, and then 28 and then 33 and then 40 something. And then they spiked to 70 million last year. Oh yeah. And then this year, um, well, they had some stuff that's not going to be normal business and that's okay. Cause we extrapolate that out. Um, but they are in their prime. Yeah. They are the best they've ever been. Um, can they continue that ride? Yes. For a little while, but they're also going to have to make some changes. They're going to have to innovate. They're going to have to add equipment. They're going to have to make a lot of changes to be able to continue that growth. Right. And this is a time that they should sell, maybe not a hundred percent, because the owner, one of the there's two owners, one of the owner wants to stay on and see the legacy grow. So right. they want to sell 80%. Hmm. And 
if they continue to stay in and they don't make some of those changes to stay relevant, then the business could start going back down. You follow me? I do. Yeah. So one of the biggest ways to, to know that is, are you training up every year? Yeah. No, I, I love it. I mean, yeah. Are, are you having to hire more people to put in more seats because your company is growing? Are you picking up new customers? Right. Is this the best year you've ever had? Those are all indicators that you're in your prime or getting in your prime. Okay. I like that. I like that. So um, obviously you covered a ton of stuff already. Maybe, <laughs> sh- maybe share with your own personal business, tell, share with us just maybe a, a lesson or something that you've really learned or figured out along the way that's been really helpful and relevant as you've kind of like had your real world in the trenches times. I think everything that I'm sharing with you right now is my real world because I've been in the trenches for 20 years with clients. That's how I, you know, developed the GPS exit strategy. That's how I developed the six P's is because it doesn't matter what industry you're in. It doesn't matter if you're a service business, if you're a products business selling widgets, it really doesn't matter the industry. What matters is that the business functions on all six cylinders. Mm. And that came from me operating my own companies. That came from me working with, other business owners in the trenches, getting their business ready for sale. You know, I'm working with somebody right now that's been in business forever. And they're like, Michelle, we're losing money. And I'm like, yeah, you are losing money because, and they said, well, our profits is our problem. I said, profits is not your problem. Profits is the last P, the six P. Mm-hmm. Lack of profits is never the problem. It's the symptom right. of not operating on one of the other P's. If you don't have the right processes in place. If you're in a dying industry, your product is in a dying industry, then you're going to lose money. If your processes are not efficient, if you're not inspecting what you expected and trusting but not verifying, you're going to lose money. If you haven't protected your proprietary, which is the fourth P, you're going to lose money. If you have customer concentration and you don't have customer diversification and 75% of your revenue is tied up with one customer, you lose that one customer, you're going to have a big profit problem. Yeah. So lack of profits is never the problem. It's always a symptom. The six P's are really our, our, you know, our, our thermometer to, to check, to see where businesses are and how healthy they are. Well, I, I love that. So we have gone through our, our time here, most of our time pretty quick. And I want to make sure we don't cut this short at the end. So tell us about all the cool bonus stuff, the book, how people can get it and everything that's going on with that. Sure. So that, so Exit Rich comes out June 23rd. Um, just to tell you a little bit about Exit Rich, Steve Forbes endorsed it saying it's a go mine for entrepreneurs as entrepreneurs leave way too much money on the table when they go to sell their business. Um, Kevin Harrington, the original Shark on Shark Tank, wrote the foreword. Sharon Lecter is my co-author who wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad with Robert Kiyosaki. She's a New York Times bestselling author, five times, CPA, financial literacy expert, and the advisor to many different presidents. So she writes the mentor's corner after each chapter. Hmm. You can get, so Exit Rich comes out in June, but you don't have to wait till June. You can go to ExitRichBook.com now. We will email you the digital download. $24.79, which is less than Amazon. <laughs> we will email you the digital download, ship the hardcover to your doorstep for anybody that lives in the United States for no additional shipping. Plus, we will give you a lifetime membership into the Exit Rich Book Club, where there's lots of video content, me doing deep dives in these different strategies and techniques. Plus, there's documents. 
documents to run your business, documents to sell your business, sample passing procedure manuals, org charts, employee handbooks, not competes, sample letter of intents, sample purchase agreements, due diligence checklist, and closing docs. Everything you need to operate and sell your business is there for your review and download. If you went to an attorney, it would cost you probably over thirty dollars to $40,000 to recreate all of these documents. Wow. And we're also giving you a 30-day free membership into Club CEOs, which is a mastermind, where we ask transformational questions, and we help business owners get unstuck so they can build a sustainable, scalable, when they're ready, sellable business. All for $24.79, probably less expensive than lunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love it. Uh, so many supporting materials and so much there. And honestly... Michelle, you, I can just tell, you know, this stuff cold inside and out. Cause obviously you, you've been living it, but also been able to boil it down for the book. So I just really appreciate you sharing a lot of the details. So tell us one more time where people can find that again. Exit, exitrichbook.com. Exitrichbook.com. Fantastic. And one last thing, and I, this is going to be my curveball to throw at you. Uh, I always like to give people 36. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 30, 60, 90 seconds to just say anything that you want to say, Michelle, whether it's related to what we're talking about or not. I just think it's cool to give everybody a voice to, to say what they think is important. So what would you say to the listeners out there if you had just total free reign? I think, you know, the, the biggest thing I think is that, you know, entrepreneurship is not easy. <laughs> it can be very difficult. It can be very lonely. You know, we got to make tough decisions every day, but you don't have to do it alone. There are so many successful entrepreneurs that are mentors like myself, you know, and entrepreneurs love helping other entrepreneurs. It's actually my mission and my passion to help save the American economy by saving one business at a time from going out of business. Love it. Because small business is the backbone of our economy. And if we lose small business, we lose jobs. We lose jobs, we lose spending power. You lose spending power, you lose more business. It's a domino effect. And entrepreneurship is not something you have to do alone. Reach out and, and find yourself a mentor, you know, but not just any mentor. Because sure. a lot of a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs make the mistake behind the wrong mentor. Find the right mentor, somebody who's been down your path that you want to travel. That's already made the mistakes, so you don't have to make them. Yeah. Somebody who can shorten your learning curve dramatically and get you to where you need to be. Because, like I said, the more successful entrepreneurs are, the more time and sometimes money they have to give back to other entrepreneurs to help aid in their success. Totally agree. I'm working with one right now who's been right down the path and been uber successful, and it's making a huge difference in my business. So, yeah. I can echo those words and speak to them personally. So, well, Michelle, I just really appreciate you taking some time. Love what you're up to. Uh, hope you don't have to save the American economy single-handedly, but I appreciate <laughs> that you're out there on the front lines. That's really great. Well, I never said single-handedly. <laughs> so it takes a team. It, it, it really does. So, so many nuggets today. Uh, just really appreciate you stopping by and, and sharing your wisdom with us. So thank you. Thank you, Derek. 
Thanks for listening to the Small Business Big Life Show. If you're a six or seven figure business owner who'd like to be on the show, we'd love to talk about it. Just visit biglifefinancial.com slash guest to get the ball rolling. And if you heard something you loved on the show today, don't be shy about sharing it. And if you do, be sure to use the hashtag smallbusinessbiglife so we can see that you're sharing the love. And heck, if we swoon over your post, we might even pass it on to our many thousands of followers to help share the love and the spotlight with you. Speaking of love, if you like today's show, be sure to hit that subscribe button. You know why? Because then you'll never miss another episode and you can get all the motivation, inspiration, and insights with every new episode. Also, if you want to see everything else we're up to on YouTube, social media, or even in real life, you can always visit us at biglifefinancial.com. Well, that's it for today. My name's Derek Venes, and I want to personally thank you for being a part of the small business Big Life movement. Now get out there, create more than you consume, love people more than you need to, and believe in magic because yes, it does exist.